Hello, everybody. This is Joseph P. Farrell. Looks like I'm kind of blurry. There we go. With news and views from the Nefarium on Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Um, I have some wild speculations I want to indulge in today, uh, which we'll get to once we get to the article. But I want to uh, update you on tomorrow's scheduled fireside. That's the short format vid chat in the members area. Uh, I'm going to move that to next week, Tuesday, March 16th, at the same time, 3 p.m. U.S. Central Time. The reason why, folks, is that the weather in my area, it's that time of year where uh, the weather changes and can get very volatile and severe quite quickly. So they're predicting uh, rain and storms tomorrow. And I just, with the short format vid chat, I don't want to take the chance that we're going to get uh, power outages and so on and so forth. Uh, so I've moved that to next Tuesday. So I beg your indulgence. I apologize for having to do that. I just don't want to take the chance uh, during that short format vid chat of getting kicked off the line uh, due to power outages or anything like that. Um, I, I want to make sure that we have that whole vid chat in one piece. Anyway, um, hello to everybody in the chat room saying hello. <laughs> but anyway, um, this article is from Reuters, and it concerns the fire in France, Strasbourg, France, which if you know uh, that city, it's right on the Rhine River uh, in in Lorraine, France. Uh, that was the city that was the scene of the uh, Hotel Maison Rouge meeting in uh, the Second World War that was sponsored by Martin Bormann. So those of you who have read my books will know where Strasbourg is and some of the significance. But there were fires in Strasbourg. And I want to read from some paragraphs of this Reuters article about this because I suspect that this is not an accident. And I'll give you my reasons why after you listen to uh, this article by Reuters, I'm going to attempt to put this into a wider context that I've blogged about uh, on the website and give you guys some uh, search tips so that you can go look at those blogs if you're not familiar with some other stories. Anyway, uh, this was Datelined Paris, March 10th, and it's uh, an article by Mathieu Rosman and Raphael Sater, and... Um, it's a very, very thought-provoking article if you kind of listen between the lines, if you uh, take my meaning. So here we go. Quote, a fire at a French cloud services firm has disrupted millions of websites, knocking out government agencies' portals, banks, shops, news websites, and taking out a chunk of the .fr web space, according to Internet monitors. The fire, which broke out on Wednesday shortly after midnight at OVH Cloud, destroyed one of four data centers in Strasbourg in eastern France and damaged another, the company said. Now, let me stop right there and also remind you that Strasbourg is the location of the European Parliament, okay? So, in other words, I'm suspecting that there's a very deep 
and broad background to this story that even Reuters is uh, really not picking up on here. But anyway, to continue, quote, there was no immediate explanation for the blaze, which erupted just two days after the French cloud computing firm kicked off plans for an initial public offering. Europe's largest cloud services provider told clients, including the French government, that the Centre Pompidou and the cryptocurrency exchange Deribit to activate their disaster recovery plans following the blaze. Now, I'm skipping a couple of uh, paragraphs here, but this is the first point to me that makes it highly suspicious that this fire occurred shortly before they were going to take all of this to a public offering on uh, the bourses in France and presumably throughout the rest of Europe. So skipping a few paragraphs here, quote, OVH is a pretty important hosting company on the Internet, said Mike Predijon, who directs a UK-based network security company called Netcraft. He said the affected servers hosted 3.6 million websites, including niche government platforms in France, Britain, Poland, and the Ivory Coast. And again, I'm skipping um, a few paragraphs here. The Strasbourg centers were among the OVH Cloud's 17 data centers in France and 32 globally. Several clients said their websites had gone offline or emails could not be accessed. There was no immediate news of any major data loss. And skipping a couple of uh, paragraphs again, OVH Cloud declined to comment on its fire safety protocols. The site did not expose a toxic risk, it added, and that's the end of the article. And this is at... Reuters. Now, here's my problem. We hear stories like this, and they come up every now and then, and, and everybody perceives them as just, you know, kind of an isolated story. And my speculation of today is I'm going to step back from that point of view and say, no, you have to look at a very long-term pattern and cast your net very widely and when you do that, it appears to me that there has been for some years a covert cyber warfare going on. To me, it speaks volumes that this was a French firm that was poised, perhaps, to challenge in some respects the dominance of the Internet cloud by Microsoft and Amazon and so on and so forth. In other words, the, the cloud is right now, principally an American-dominated sphere. And the fire, to me, is highly suspicious, particularly given the timing that this, was, this company was going to go public with a public share offering in a couple of days, then the fire occurs. So my wide context here is that there is a, and has been for some time, a widespread digital cyber warfare going on. And the reason why this is important is the Mr. Globaloney is, as most of you here probably know, is pushing the idea of digital cryptocurrencies. Now, I'll, I've said it before, I'll say it again. 
cryptocurrencies, digital currencies are not genuine currencies because their value can be adjusted at the push of a button or manipulated by pushing buttons and manipulating trades and so on and so forth. In other words, what they're doing is they're rolling out corporate coupons and you be good little boys and girls and the value of, of your so-called currency will not decline. But the context I'm talking about here is I want to bring your attention to something that I've blogged about and have been intrigued about that goes back, I would say, at least 10 years. I want you to remember that strange story in California a few years ago where an electrical substation at the very southern tip of Silicon Valley, uh, I believe it was around San Jose or someplace like that, was hit by a well-prepared professional team that went into this electrical substation, took it down, and apparently removed uh, components, electrical components from the substation and got in and out before the police had time to respond. It was a very professional hit, and it took down an electrical substation. So that's an isolated incident. But then recall a few months later that there was an attack in San Francisco itself on internet cabling, where again, somebody went in into the manhole cutters, into the underground tunnels and so on in San Francisco, and physically cut internet cables in San Francisco. And again, it was an in-and-out job, very quick, very professional. They knew exactly where to, to cut cables. Then you had another similar strange incident a few months later, of an actual physical attack on the internet cabling between Flagstaff, Arizona, and Phoenix, Arizona, where, again, somebody went in and physically severed an internet cable and was in and out before anybody had a chance to respond. And this is what I think we're looking at here. Um, the, what I'm arguing is, is if you pay attention to these stories and look at them not as isolated incidents, it appears that there's a real cyber war going on for who gets to control platforms and so on and so forth. And please note that these attacks are not hacking attacks. This is the key point here that I'm trying to make. These are not some anonymous hackers like that group uh, that was uh, active and being reported on just a few years ago, where they're physically hacking through computer coding and so on and so forth, a network and bringing it down. These are actual physical attacks on the physical plant that keeps everything running. Now, who's behind this? I don't know. But my suspicion is, and again, I'm speculating wildly here, my suspicion is you can number at least the usual suspects as involved in these activities, Russia, China, other great powers, and so on. But I also have a strong suspicion that this may be the activity, or at least some of it may be the activity, of non-state actors, other corporations, perhaps groups like Anonymous, and so on and so forth. I find these physical attacks on internet 
infrastructure very, very interesting. And there's always a common thread. These things either are professionally done, they're in and out, or uh, they're, they're done in other ways like this fire in France. Now, what I find also very suspicious about this story uh, thus far is as far as I can tell, the French authorities are not commenting very deeply or very much on uh, the cause of the fire. Now, my suspicion is, again, that we might be given a, a story that makes it look more or less accidental. In other words, this was just a fire. It started an XYZ piece of equipment and spread, and there was nothing we could do about it. Um, I have a suspicion that we will not be told the complete story. Now, if the French authorities do release the story that this was not an accidental fire, that it was deliberately set, then that only increases our suspicions. And if the French do say that, my suspicion also is that French intelligence will probably have, have made its own conclusions, which it may not share, as to who the culprits were. But I'm very suspicious of stories like this. If you go back over the past few years, you'll see that there are a number of stories that never really uh, break out into the open on, on uh, the mainstream media because these stories are supposedly one-offs. But there's a pattern going on here, in my opinion, and it's been going on for quite a few years. So for those of you who are interested in these stories that I've mentioned, you can go on to the website and simply search for things like um, California electrical substation attack or San Francisco internet cabling incident and so on and so forth. And it'll pull up a bunch of these stories that I've blogged about. And many are from a, quite a few years ago. So, you know, to me, this may be the latest episode in some of these uh, internet infrastructure attacks. Uh, I think we're going to see more of them, quite frankly, because we're we're in an end game right now, and they're trying to roll out this uh, beast digital currency system. And to make any of that work, you have to have monopoly control on this uh, internet cloud server infrastructure, and that's the rub. Uh, no one wants its competitor to have that kind of control. So we we are looking at some real cyber warfare possibilities here. Um, uh, William Woodward in the chat room just said something interesting. He said that Assange revealed that U.S. intelligence had the software and ability to do covert attacks in America and blaming the usual suspects. I'm, I'm not surprised at that. I'm not surprised at that. And yes, uh, Glenn McEnroe in the chat room also said that uh, President Bidenenko is planning cyber attacks on Russia, you know, to send the Russians a, a message. And I think that plays into this because uh, for any American administration, be it Bidenenko or, or whoever, to come out and openly announce that, you know, we're going to do this, uh, that means there's already a cyber war going on. So we're looking at another... Um, uh, we're looking at another instance of it. And it may be, as Stephanie Ramirez says, that there might be a three-letter agency involved in some of this. I don't know. But I do think there are several players on the field here. And we can't rule out non-state actors. This, this, to me, is a key thing to bear in mind. Um, 
But when you're talking about these physical infrastructure attacks, then yes, I, I would be more inclined to look at state actors, uh, special forces that have special training and so on, and that are able to get in and out and accomplish their mission quickly and professionally. So anywhere, uh, anyway, please, um, please look at those stories about, um, yeah, yeah, I do. Ha uh, I'm sorry, but I just, <laughs> Shiloh, <laughs> the canine, the canine home security ag uh, agent just stepped into, just stepped into action. Hang on folks. I'll be right back. Shiloh, 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 the video cancellation, but you have to understand, I live in a zone where the weather can change and get very severe very quickly. And I'm not going to risk my health and safety just to keep a vid chat. So I'm moving the vid chat so that we won't have any possibility of interruption like that. So, you know, just uh, live with that. I'm sorry that I had to do that, but uh, we're in that period of, of the season where weather can change on a dime. And I've got to keep an ear open uh, to radio and, and news, and I can't do that if I'm broadcasting on a vid chat. So please understand. Um, yeah, Shiloh's just doing her job. Like I say, the canine home security unit. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, I think this, I think these stories, we've got to start looking at them uh, whole and start recognizing patterns between individual stories. Um, there's a lot going on, and I think we're going to see more and more stories like this. So just a heads up on that. Anyway, uh, it's been a cold march where you are, yeah, who controls the cyberspace and so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, it's going to get very, very interesting I think in coming years, as we watch these cyber wars unfold and as stories increasingly pile up, it's going to be very important to compile those stories and recognize patterns because those patterns might indicate uh, potentially who some of the possibilities are that are pulling off these attacks. Anyway, that's it. I went a little over. I'm sorry about that, folks. I went a little bit over my usual uh, 15 minutes, but uh, keep your eyes out. Remember, no vid chat tomorrow. I've moved the vid chat, the fireside vid chat, to Tuesday because of the possibility of some severe weather. Now, cross your fingers. You know, my, I, I'll keep moving it if I have to, but I will have it eventually. Uh, and remember that the fireside vid chat, you, po you post your questions and comments in the comments section. Uh, on that uh, fireside chat in the members area. Anyway, that's it for today. Um, oh, interesting. Dash Rendar says the Indian stock exchange, the world's biggest derivatives exchange by a number of contracts, halted trading last month for three hours because of a telecom disruption. 
And I remember that story about the U.S. Fed going down. So there's a cyber warfare going on, folks. And what, you know, I'm, 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 I'm so upset at this idea of digital currency and everybody thinking it's wonderful because when these things goes down, go down like that, that means you might not have access to your so-called money. Okay. So I'm, I'm all for physical media of exchange and having, having something in your hands that you can use, not a bunch of blips on the screen, which someone can press a button and change or deny access to. Anyway, that's not a that's not a currency, as Catherine Austin Fitz says. Anyway, so that's it, folks. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, and God bless.